Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Matt. Welcome to Simplified. This is a podcast where we talk all things restaurant industry, trends, events, break them down, try to simplify the complex. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Wing Lam, the co-founder of the legendary Wahoo's Fish Tacos right here in Orange County, California, where we both live. And he also co-founded uh, California Love Drop, which I'm excited to hear about from him today. So no further ado, Wing, what's up? It's great to be here. It's been a great weekend and that's uh, ready to go. I can't believe how warm the weather is right now. It feels like summertime in California. Oh man. I, I say it all the time. I, yeah, sorry, sorry to all of those who aren't in Southern California right now, but yeah, it's, it's local summer. It feels really good here. It's pretty great for November. You, uh, I see those surfboards in the background. Did you, uh, are you still getting out surfing here and there? Oh, yes, absolutely. You can't live in California and not go surfing. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you did you grow up in, in Southern California? No, I am originally from Brazil, of all places. It's where my parents landed after World War II, opened one of the first Chinese restaurants in South America. And then we moved here in the early 70s. So I'm a long ways from home. Wow. Okay. That makes more sense that the Wahoos is described as a Asian, Brazilian, <laughs> Mexican mix, almost, it sounds like. Um, that makes a lot more sense. It's, it's uh, yeah, I, I love it. Um, so you, you co-founded Wahoos in 1988, is that right? Yep. It's been 35 years, just like yesterday, but yes. That's, that's wild. Well, congratulations. I, I will say, I don't think it's, I don't think it's there right now, but I, I used to live at the Wahoos at 18th and Market in downtown Denver. I was there. Okay. I was a very frequent. <laughs> I was there very often. In the early 90s, yes. We opened that uh, on, uh, did you go to the one on, is it Blake Street, I believe, in downtown Lodo? Yeah. That was yeah, like that's 90... what it was. Was it 18th and Blake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right where the mall is. I think it's at 16th, the mall. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there a lot. So it was good times. Loved it. <laughs> um, still do. So, so tell me, let's dive into California Love Drop. This is something that you co-founded kind of during COVID and is still going. Would you describe it as a, as a nonprofit? Tell, tell us about it for those of us who, who aren't, aren't familiar. Okay, so what happened was in, uh, uh, is it April of 2020, when they announced on Wednesday that all non-essential businesses were going to shut down and only essential businesses were to stay open, and then somewhere down, farther down on the speech by the governor, restaurants said, oh, yeah, you can stay open. But because it wasn't on the top, on the headlining, all the restaurants literally went down about 85%. From Wednesday, when they announced it, by Friday, it was like we drove off a cliff. Literally, the, the, our restaurants became a ghost town. So we went from an average employee yeah. staff of 20 per store down to three, a cashier, a cook, and a server. It was literally like a ghost town. So we decided to furlough everybody and send everybody home with all the toilet paper, remember that? And all the stuff that we had in the stores yeah. and say, hey, because we don't know if it's going to be a week, a month, or whatever, right? So we just say, hey, why don't you just take what you can? Yeah. But we still had some supplies that were ready to be thrown away because we didn't have the business. So I got together. I said, my brother goes, hey, why don't I go to some local hospitals and deliver some lunches and dinners? 
So I did about four deliveries uh, in a couple of weeks. And then after that, my brother said, this is very nice that you can, you know, can find something to do because all the events, everything got canceled. But you're forgetting one minor detail. We don't have any more money. So, you know, I love that you were repurposing what we have, but you cannot go out and buy more stuff. I said, okay. And I just, but the need in me felt like, hey, I can really help the community. So I got a phone call from my friend, uh, Wendy at KLOS, and said, hey, I saw what you're doing on social media. Are you crazy? You're supposed to be at home. And I said, no, you know, I'm going out. And he goes, how can I help you? I goes, well, I could use some money. And she goes, why don't I talk to the folks at KLOS and use the basic radio station? to create a GoFundMe page for you where we ask our listeners, and if you like to help feed frontliners, here's a company that's doing it. But she said, but we can't say Wahoos. Why don't we come up with a name and basically create a nonprofit out of it? So I said, what do you have in mind? And she goes, what about the California love drop? Because we're out there spreading the love. And I think that's a yeah. great idea. So Heidi and Frank, uh, on KLOS, started promoting it every day to say, hey, if you donate money, Wing will go out on the behalf of California Love Drop. And we teamed up because you can't just bring food. So I got my friend from Yogurland, Monster Energy Drink, Hint Water, and Cliff Bar. We all teamed up and we started going out and bringing snacks, treats, desserts, drinks, and food. And people thought, how in the world can you guys afford to do this? And myself and Yogurtland were the only ones that really needed money. The rest of them, yeah. they were going to throw it away anyway because everything was dated. It was going to perish in a matter of like six months. So we repurposed mm-hmm. all the stuff that was going to be thrown away. And we started delivering backs, you know, of food and treats to all of the police, fire, hospital stations. And the, life, the ball just kept on going. And about a year ago, when things slowed down on the front lines, all the charity events started coming back live. So we started getting asked by our friends, can you help us at the food bank? Can you help us at our golf yeah. tournament? So we started coming in and helping the volunteers, doing all kinds of stuff and recognizing their work in the charity world. So the ball is still rolling. Uh, we're over 500 deliveries, over 2,500 meals, or 25, 250,000 meals later. And it's just been an amazing journey. And, uh, you know, it, the ball is yeah. still moving. That's amazing. And so, <laughs> so what does it look like today? So today, what does California Love Drop look like? Well, today, one of the big things that uh, one of our partners that jumped on early was um, Antus Roofing, because uh, Charles and I do a lot of charity work, and he started hosting blood drives at his building because half of it was empty. The other half had like two employees. So he emptied out all the the cubicles and all that created this huge space. And uh, Susan, who happens to be his right-hand person, sat on the board of the American Red Cross and they said, hey, why don't we create, because remember, everything has to be six feet apart. But when you have 10,000 square feet of empty space, it's easy to put about 20 different, you know, I call it uh, places, you know, where people can, you know, donate blood. So we set up these blood drives. And 
I don't think Charles realized that I was a partner of the American Red Cross. KLOS was the media partner. So we said, why don't we use our bandwidth to promote it? And at these drives, we'll bring meals for the donors and the nurses. So that was basically the, the beginning of about 30, you know, quote unquote, meals, lunches every week. So we've done, I think, about 120 blood drives. And that's ongoing still because that side of the building is still empty. But so like this week, we'll do two of them. On Wednesday, we'll do almost 300 meals because it's a big one. And then on Friday, we'll do a smaller one, which is about 30. That's the average one. But when we go to a college campus, all the students show up. So we're out there. And then last week, you know, we went to a couple of hospitals because November is the Men's Prostate Awareness Month. So we've gone to different yeah. cancer centers. Uh, the month before was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we went to a bunch of, you know, cancer centers for women. So for us, it's just an amazing process. So all the golf tournaments were in the old days was just, eh, bring some lunches. Now it's the California Love Drop. We show up and at these events, we're able to solicit more partners because we asked all the chair, goes, hey, do you guys have anything going on? How can we be a part of it? So all of these people that come to the events, they see us and they're like, oh my God, I was just going to hire just somebody else to cater. I might as well donate the money to you guys, right? So and it's a lot yeah. more cost effective for us because we bring everything. Because, you know, if you went out and tried to order something from Yogurland or Monster or wherever, you'd be paying $5 each. But when we're together, you're paying yeah. $5 and you get everything. So it's been an amazing yeah. partnership. And we bring literally all the treats, all the goodies, and it's all the love. Plus, having a media partner to recognize what we're doing really helps the effort. Because at the end of the day, somebody in everybody's company is asking, well, what kind of publicity do we get out of all this, Right. And having a right. the number yeah. one radio show in Southern California talk about what we just did for whoever, right, helps the cause. So yeah. it's an amazing partnership we have all the way around. That's huge. Well, I, I love that, like, um, yeah, when I guess when crisis hit, the crisis of business, your business, you know, kind of being obliterated, like all restaurant owners felt oh, yeah. during COVID. Um, and that you decided to, um, to serve the community. Um, that's just so, that's such a great story. So admirable. And I, I, I heard somebody say recently, um, he was talking about uh, a friend of mine who, who works for, with the boys and girls club. He said, you know, when you feel stuck, serve, right. Um, yep. I think, you know, him. you know, David, you know, David, yeah, right. David, that's um, right. Been a, it, you know, David, David has been a huge recipient of our efforts. Yeah. Ah, love that. He said that and that stuck with me. And, um, and, and I feel like, I guess what there's, there's some people, maybe some restaurant owners who, who haven't recovered from, from COVID. I don't know if you guys would feel like you have recovered from the hit that, that you took from that time, but what, what, what would you say to somebody who maybe they're still, they still haven't come out of it as, as an owner, as a restaurant owner. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe still feel stuck. There, there's two parts to it, right? On the sales side of it, right, it's still really difficult because the new yeah. office normal is three days a week, right? 
Well, three out of five, that means you're 40% down in foot traffic. That's a huge number to make up. So you can do whatever you want to do, but you're not going to get them to come because they're not there. They're working from home or they're working remotely, right? Yeah. So how do you make up a 40% drop in foot traffic? Well, you got to pivot. You got to get creative on your delivery system, right? Because you got to get, you know, if they're not coming in, you got to get it to them. So that's one side. And you all have to be creative in terms of packaging, reformatting, because there are certain foods that travel well and certain foods that don't. They get soggy, they get cold, whatever that means, right? So you just got to think it through on how do you make your food travel better, uh, still have the value and the experience they, they would have if they came to the restaurant, which is not an easy answer. So we've had to get creative as well on that side. The flip side is also finding ways to cut down on the costs because our labor and our food costs is literally up 50%, no matter how you look at it, right? And coming up next year, yeah. labor is going to go even higher, minimum wages and all that. So today, even before the new mandate, minimum wage is somewhere around 20 artificially. And that's because there's other companies offering similar packages, not in our industry, right? So if you want to get somebody to come right. in hospitality, you got to match what they're making somewhere else, right? So it's a huge factor. So you got to get creative on the labor side. So this is where, again, you're getting to talk to some of your vendors, whoever that may be. We happen to have a really good partner in Vitco because that also cuts mm. down on your delivery cost, right? So if you want to save some money on your proteins, your lettuce, whatever, you got to find a partner on you know the supply side. And the other place, yeah. there's this new thing that came out about 10 years ago with the Obama healthcare. So there is a space in there where you can save another 10 or 20% on your health insurance. So those are the ways you can save money. So we have another company called Sureco that is amazing and being able to provide exactly what you have now, but at a lower cost. You know, so these are the ways you got to find it. So for the first time in 35 years, I have to focus not just on the sales side, but on the cost side. So having a couple of partners that can help you bring down 10 or 20 percent when you're literally everything else is up 50. It at least helps you. So unlike a supermarket, like right now, if you go to the grocery store, I mean, the prices are unbelievable and you can't argue. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? But at the restaurant, yeah. you increase it by 5%. And people are like, oh, my God, what are you doing trying to rob me? Blah, blah, blah. My burrito went up 10 cents. And so yeah. we can raise it 5%, and we're still down 45, right, from the real cost increase, where a supermarket right. can raise it 100%, and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's the right. other major struggle. So we're very slow. We're talking about the lagging. The food industry, like hotels, I mean, people have a heart attack because they're like, oh, my God, the hotel room is so much more now. And they don't understand because yeah. it's the labor, all the other stuff you got to pay for. Yeah. So so you guys had to reexamine enti your entire infrastructure. Yes. Uh, yes. That in, in ways that you hadn't had to have looked at in the past. Absolutely. I mean, you, you really have to reinvent. You got to negotiate with your vendors because it's hard to renegotiate, let's say, with your meat guy because he's seen his costs go up. So the only places where there's wiggle room is on the delivery side, right? Because there's ways, yeah. you know, and I hate to give away all the secrets, but there are 
points right. to be had in place. So you got to talk to the vendors, right? And a lot of the big guys can't, there's no wiggle room because they're just passing on all the costs to you and they're hoping that you can right. pass it to the consumer. But in the hospitality, it's hard to pass it to the consumer because they know, they've been coming to your restaurant for years. They know the price of a taco is $3.50. You raise it to three sixty, right. they have a heart attack. And your real increase yeah. could have been to four, but you can't, right? So you really got to find the vendors that can negotiate a better delivery cost to you. And that's where it comes in handy, having great partners. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm curious, just because I, I, again, I'm so intrigued by kind of your response in that in April of 2020. What, what is it? What is it for you? Do you feel like that made you as an individual or an entrepreneur able to immediately say, I'm going to go serve. I'm going to go help others, use our resources to help others um, instead of, I guess, hiding <laughs> or being scared. Like what, what, what is it for you that, that, that lets you do that, helps you do that? Well, you know, in life, there is basically two kinds of people, right? Fight or flee is always they say. So when you're yeah. faced with something very uncomfortable, very whatever controversial, whatever you want to call it, right, situation, either you go home or you stand there and hold your ground, right? So I chose to always say, what's the worst that can happen, right? So I went forward where everybody else went home. And yeah. the difference is I survived. We're not out of it yet, but I did much, much better than all my friends initially but once they saw what i was doing they called me and i goes hey there are plenty of hospitals that want the free food there's plenty of police stations because remember the thing that happened in minnesota you know so there were plenty yeah. of people that wanted to feel like they were appreciated during a yeah. time when it was all negative right so i said but you just can't give it away you got to find a way to cover the cost because none of us have any money right now so you're going to have to get creative and yeah. how you find it. And I told them what I was doing. I shared it with all my friends. And they said, but you, you're winging it. I'm like, no, I am out there surviving. So it's not like I had this brilliant idea, but I had a lot of friends. And together, when you band, you know, you, you always hear the word synergy. Well, synergy can only be created yeah. when there's a bunch of you guys trying to do the same thing together for the better cause of something else. So the idea wasn't that we were all trying to make money. We were all trying, we're saying, what can we do for the community while we're trying to survive? Yeah. So together, yeah. we all band. We shared the resources. I always made sure that everybody got the same recognition. And together, we all survived, right? So today, when we're much yeah. stronger, we use the word, we're better together, you know? And I think the craziest part of all this is on the food side, everything made sense. The yogurt lens, the monsters, all that made sense. But my Antis roofing yeah. guy was the most unlikely person that should have ever been a part of it. But as we say, having a little bit of faith. And he said, why would I want to do this? He goes, well, first of all, Charles, everything else got canceled. It's not yeah. like you have another, oh, I'm going to go do this instead of this. There was no instead. This is it. Yeah. This is the only thing that was positive in a time when everything got shut down. Remember, there were no games. There was no galas. There was nothing. Everything got canceled. Right. So I said, if you go yeah. with me, I don't know what's going to happen. 
And all of a sudden, he started getting, you know, when you hear your company, right? And then all of a sudden, people started calling him for more work. And that's when the light bulb went off. Because, oh, my God, when people thought I was going to be out of business because roofers were non-essential either, all of a yeah. sudden, we found ourselves working. So together, we became better. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, you know, 2023, January, December and January was the worst rains we've ever had in how many years? 30, 40 yeah. years. Right. So when you hear the roofing guy for three years on the radio and on TV, all of a sudden there's a leak. Who are you going to call? They only name yeah. you, you know, the top of mind. So Anthos had their best year in the history of their company in 23. And the only difference is between the last 30 some years and this year. Yes, it was more rain than ever. But it was the fact that everybody remembered the name Anthos Roofing and they called yeah. it. So, again, I can't do anything about that other than I know for a fact that other roofers are like, what about us? I'm like, you should have been there at when the whole thing started, right? But they weren't. Yeah. Charles was yeah. the only guy that says, I have faith. Plus, more important than anything else, it was the right thing to do. Go yeah. out and take care of the people that take care of us. So when all that happens, they're like, oh, my God, there's a leak. Who am I going to call? The people that take care of us, Anthos Roofing. So it all worked out. Yeah, that's a, a great. It's great. It's a great. Uh, I'm sure it's it's a blueprint for business and also um, for pivoting <laughs> and surviving as an entrepreneur. I'm sure for the last 35 years that that you've had to do um, in general. Uh, I'm sure that attitude has come up over and over. This just this opportunity to pivot or having to to quickly you know, lean in to serving or to fight instead of flight, like you said, <laughs> over yeah. the last three, five years of, um, of scaling a restaurant brand. Um, yeah. What, what, uh, what's next for Wahoos? You guys, uh, you guys are all over the map. Um, uh, iconic Southern California brand. What's, what's next? So a year ago, uh, my partner, former partner in Austin, Texas, passed away of cancer. Uh, he battled it for a couple of years, but it came back with a vengeance. But in the silver lining was one of his former employee managers uh, teamed up with another friend, uh, Jesse. And we're basically this coming year in 24, we're going to reopen not one, but two locations in Austin, Texas. Uh, February or March of next year, we'll have two new locations. And currently, we're talking to friends in Arizona, Nashville, and possibly, you know, Utah about, you know, relaunching the brand. And we are still basically getting California ready to reopen more stores because real estate is finally settling down again because it went through a lull, then it got crazy expensive when interest rates were really low. So right now we're looking for more spots. And basically yeah. we're poising, you know, we used a lot of the PPE money to remodel and revamp, you know, the current locations. We did lose almost a dozen stores during the pandemic, but now yeah. we're stronger than ever. And we are almost back to, you know, where we were before the pandemic. And then we're ready to basically start growing again. Wow, that's awesome! Congratulations! And it sounds like it hasn't been an, an easy year um, by any means, but um, sounds like there's some some good 
good stuff ahead, some expansion ahead. What Nashville is? It, would this be your first expansion into yes, that we, area? Yes, we are that basically. Part of the country? Hopefully, ninety percent of the worst is behind us. So it's time to you know finish up a few things and get ready to grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Did uh, um, that's really great to hear. What one one more question for you? Because I'd love to hear. Sure. Um, so somebody, somebody who who is is out there. What what would you say to uh, if there's a few guys who are who are wanting to launch a, a new brand? They're passionate about it. They're 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 dreaming, and they want to be in 35 years. They want to be what you're doing right now. What what is the advice? And I know that's like like how can you possibly sum it all up into like one little pithy statement? But what what would be advice to those guys who who are who are opening up a shop today and they want to be doing what you're doing in 30 years? I would say more important than just because remember, we all say 95% of all restaurants or whatever all fail within their first few years or whatever, right? The yeah. most important thing is all of you guys out there that have the passion for doing whatever it is, whether it's a drink, a dessert, a main course, breakfast, lunch, it doesn't matter what day part or what you're going to be serving is. I'm assuming the reason you want to go into it because you have enough friends that told you you make an amazing product, whatever that may be. Well, none of us will fail because our product isn't good. We're going to fail because we can't get enough people to come in to order them from us. So half of the battle is making it. The other half is getting them to buy it, right? So that's why guys in sales usually make more than the guys in manufacturing. Because yeah. the hard part about making something is selling it. Because there's 10 million of us that can make the same thing. Right. So I say go out there. You know, you have the passion to make whatever it is that you believe is the best of whatever category that that why don't I do it? Because nobody else is doing it as good as I am. Right. But you got to remember the marketing side of it. So today, you know, your ability to really have a great social media presence, your ability to really have a good network, because you need to have people doing it for you, right? As we call it, user-generated content. So if you yeah. have enough, you know, media hype, whatever that means these days, right? People are going to go, oh my God, I got to go try this because I heard from such and such, not from us, but from somebody else, a third party. And that's what you really need. So if you have a great network of friends in the third party world, especially if they have big followers, right? Because the yeah. whole idea is if you only have you know, the bandwidth of telling one person, not 10,000, you're not going to get that many people to come in. So yeah. more important than that, making an amazing product is the amazing ability to have people know about it. So that's the most important thing. So make sure that, you know, you have the demand for it, but more important, you have the ability to communicate that demand to everybody. Because otherwise you're going to be sitting there every day goes, oh my God, you know, I made 10,000 widgets today and nobody's buying it, Right. So yes. you got to have the ability to let people know that you are the newest, shiniest new object in the whole neighborhood. And it, without it, they're missing out. And with it, it's going to be the best solution to whatever that they were looking for. Right. So yeah. but it's the communication part. It's, and and that that's, comes down to the teamwork, having great resources, having great partners that are able to do it. And that's what I always, you know, people say, oh, my God, you know, what you did with your restaurant at California Love Drive. I go, hey, nothing would have been possible 
without the network and the teamwork of all my friends and all my vendors. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. I, I can't think of something better for somebody here who, who wants to get into restaurants just cause they love making the food and they love their product and their product is great. But, um, that's, that's not, it's not even half the battle. It's like 20% battle. <laughs> you got to get it out there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you for, thank you for the work with California love drop and for, um, and for putting that out there during uh, a time when, um, you know, it was a, a scary time in the world and for, for doing something positive and for, for, for serving, uh, instead of fleeing, uh, appreciate that, appreciate your work. Um, and thanks for, uh, thanks for the many, many tacos that I've enjoyed over, over the last, over, <laughs> over the last 20 years. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. And I'm, and I, I moved here from Denver about five years ago and, um, yeah. And I, I didn't know that I was moving to like the home of Wahoos when I moved here. So I was, I was stoked to, to learn that. So yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Wing, thank you much. So a lot for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you.